Namaste. Before we go on to the proposed subject, or rather, uh, we'll take up this subject from this angle. You see, today, nowadays, we have schools, we have books, we have exams, through which we are supposed to learn about different fields, specialties, and when we have passed the exams, we are supposed to take up a profession and be proficient and earn some money, livelihood, make a living, get married, have children, get settled, whatever that means. And at the end of it, much, much later, we wonder what did we really learn from all this? What is this journey about? So let me <coughs> take ourselves to far back times when possibly there were no schools, there were no books. How did man learn? He learned. That's how he has grown so far. What was the means of education? And the reason for undertaking this exercise is so that we understand what we have lost in counting the trees, the sight of the forest. So when there are no books, when there is no school, when there are no teachers, do we learn and grow or we don't learn and grow? Well, we do. How do we learn and grow? We look at this world through all these senses we receive the world. Imagine if there were nobody to tell you what's a tree, what's a animal, what, what's the sky and sea. And when we look at these things, we'll feel amazement and wonder and we would want to know about them. But this knowledge that we would want to have is not just an intellectual and utilitarian knowledge. We would like to just understand. Maybe we'll go near, we'll look at it, we'll try to come in contact in some way and that way slowly a kind of understanding of what the tree is, what the sky is, it will inspire a kind of uh, vision, a kind of feeling inside us, it will evoke a feeling inside us and through those feelings slowly we will come in contact with the being of the tree or the mountains, the rivers, sitting by the side, by reflecting upon life, we learn a lot. What has happened today is that we don't have questions. So I keep reminding that please don't go by the questions which are there in the book. We read a book, we, re we raise questions or other questions are also there in the book. We have standard answers and that's how we proceed. That's not how we learn the book of life. It's important to understand, say for instance you are picking up a subject, what is it that you want to know? Let's say that there is a book and you read about uh, physics or biology or languages, any, any subject you can take up. Raise your own question, what do you want to know about it? Of course the book will have chapters, it will tell you all about structure of an atom and laws of Newton etc. etc. What do you want to know about it? Is there something that you want to know about a subject? When you look at the sky, what do you want to know about the sky? Do you want to know why is the color blue or golden or uh, different colors? Why, what is lying beyond the skies? Is there something which goes beyond the skies? 
just imagine for a while when you look at the river what do you learn looking at the river every day we have so many ways of learning because the teacher that's the biggest teaching that we receive from the ancient indian thought that the teacher is within us and if we seek to learn he will teach us in a hundred ways what does he teach he teaches the book of life and the first chapter of that book of life is who am i that is the first chapter this chapter is not given anywhere so who am i it's a path of constant discovery but before even before we do that just look at a daily routine when we wake up in the morning we look at the sun so what does the sun teaches the sun teaches us many things one of them is that there is no night which does not end that even when there is night sun is still there we don't see it we have turned away that's why we don't see many people say we don't see god maybe we have just turned our eyes in the wrong direction that's why we don't see him at night there is the sun but the earth is facing in another direction so we don't see or we may make it even more complete because god is everywhere and in everything probably we are seeing the sun in a different way at night veiled by the darkness so also we may be seeing god in different moods in different ways sometimes he comes close to us in one way which is very <laughs> much to our liking and sometimes we don't recognize him because he is hidden behind a veil a veil which we normally don't associate god to be there like night we don't associate god to be in the night now somebody would say that well how is the sun there in the night think about it is the sun there in night any child not just about turning is it there at night in a very tangible way i'll tell you how he is there so what happens in the night you have some light in the sky where does the light come from the main source of this light in the night is from the moon so what is the light of the moon it is a light reflected from the sun so even when it is veiled even when there is night still the sun is trying to reach out to us in some way or the other and if we look at sun not just as a form but as representing the source of light for planet earth then you see the same light is there in the stars the same light is there in the moon the same light is there in the fire that we tend and the same light as the great scriptures tell us is within us what is this light within very simply this light within is what makes us understand about things so if we don't have this light within then we cannot understand even when something is very much visible something is there in the book something someone is telling us still it is with this light that we understand now look at a very interesting event that took place when you just look at history of mankind when we look at things very beautifully we can learn so many things where is fire so we will say okay we'll take a visible image and we'll say this is fire is there fire in stones now <laughs> is there fire in stones children well the first people who discovered fire discovered it by rubbing the stone what does it mean fire is everywhere 
even where it is not visible just the same way god is everywhere even inside stone there is music there is fire there is light only we need a way we need to find a way to bring out that light and fire which is inside the stone so what used to happen how did people discover fire we don't know whether they did it accidentally probably first time it happened accidentally they were probably trying to rub stones with each other suddenly they saw sparks flying and then these sparks there was some wood which caught fire and they discovered fire so something similar happens within us all the experiences of life are like the rubbing of the stone and by the rubbing of the stone time to time a glint a spark here and there flies and if there is something in us which is ready it catches fire and we have glimpse of the divinity within us so if we look at things correctly we'll discover that actually this fire is even inside the most dumb block of stone that we see so there are two sides of things one which is visible and expressed and the other is where it is hidden and unexpressed so a lot of things are hidden and unexpressed within us and through contact with light life through contact with the experiences through contact with our teachers our books it is meant ultimately to bring out this which is hidden inside this is the whole purpose of education because one may read many books perform very well but at the end all this exercise will be meaningless if it has not brought out the true knowledge which is within us we may have the best stones in the world but that which brought out the fire from within that is the real thing so all this is the very purpose then when we look at the hills and the mountains what do we learn we learn about the beauty of staying firm in whatever you know there is something in us which should be able to stay firm regardless of all the changes in life but what often flows from the heart of the mountain you will see that there are rivers which flow either from the mountain or mountain tops or or they will circle around the mountains very often you will see so it's very beautiful the mountains and the river beautifully reveal to us the secret of the unchanging stable reality and the ever changing world so if you want to be a powerful catalyst for change see we all you'll be grow up tomorrow and i'm sure you will want many things to change you must because that's how life evolves so to bring the power for change it's important to discover the mountain within if we don't discover the mountain within the power of change that we'll bring will be very very small so it's important to understand that everywhere in life there are these two things one is the firm unchanging stable basis so all of us must discover this firm unchanging stable basis within us it may be our will it may be something at our core and on that basis you will see that they will flow in all our actions the power for change that is the river of life which is constantly flowing constantly flowing so rivers teaches about change and how does rivers rivers uh, flow they teaches something else very beautiful they teaches that 
you must know where you are coming from and you must know where you are going that's a very important uh, lesson of life because if you don't know where i have to go life will be very miserable often i give this example that imagine you were on a uh, you know railway station or an airport and you didn't know where you have to go so what would you do will you wait for somebody to tell you let's take this train because i want to take this train will you decide which train you will take depending on how many people are traveling in that train will it be decided by numbers how absurd it would be if you gave this logic that there are thousand people traveling in this train so i must take this train somebody will tell you but where do you want to go so you just can't say i'll go wherever everybody is going so in life when you make a choice you must choose your destination maybe others have a different destination you need not go on that destination so it's important you see the word destination and destiny they are so closely connected people often say that you know my destiny is like that somebody's destiny is like that if you want to master your destiny know your destination your destination is your destiny and if you are clear about the destination then all <laughs> that will happen in our life will be a means to take us to that destination that is what destiny will be destiny operates in a way that it ends up fulfilling our destination so let us be very clear where do we want to go this is the first thing necessary first is who am i second is where do i want to go so people often wonder who am i am i not normally you will say i am a product of my you know parents now look at it Yes, immediately it is true that our bodies are formed by our parents, and our minds are shaped by our teachers and parents and society, and there is something else that we bring our own. But just do a little backward trail. Where did our parents come from? We'll say grandparents from entire tree, monkeys. Ultimately, where will we go back? Last spot, we'll go back to the starting point of creation. so what is there before creation doesn't matter what you call it will be the creator so who is our parent really speaking our immediate parents are our parents biological parents whom we regard and we must because they have formed our body but if we look deep within we'll discover that all of us have the same parent and who is that same parent it is the creator because in everything you will go back to the origin but what a wonderful parent what do we discover when we discover this parent who is our true parent the creator we discover that we are all one family my family is not decided by my surname there is but one creator so not only human beings not only my uh, friends not only my family members the animals the birds the bees the bushes the earth the stars they are all my family what does it mean it means i have a huge house mansion given to me some people feel my house is small they want a bigger house etc etc just imagine that the whole universe is your house can you imagine what does it mean it means that in your house at night there are millions of stars which light up which provide a very nice backdrop for us to sleep 
and in my house there there are many many swimming pools the rivers the ponds the seas and there are every uh, kind of beings who are our friends so if we look at life and if we deal with all creatures as friends see it's our own mindset tends to affect the other people we don't realize so if we deal with everything in life the plant the trees the animals even hostile animals animals which are fierce there are many uh, instances to show that if we deal with them with the feeling they are all our friends there are instances where even poisonous snakes have behaved as if they were friends they would not harm why because within us this consciousness that they are going to harm is not there especially you will see when we are little children we don't have this idea but as we grow up we start putting world people everything into slots and as a result it becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy so if we look at life with this idea that we are all one large family that we are all friends then life would be wonderful very often i'll see i see that you know there are people who say but i am not fit i am you know what can i do in life i am a failure i can't do much look at the other person uh, you see it's uh, look at life it'll teach us all this uh, where does lotus grow lotus grow grows in a pond which is full of slush and mud and mire so if in a pond if in a place which is full of slush and mud and mire beautiful lotus can emerge so also within us we do not know maybe there are lotus seeds we have not explored it so always in life we can look at either the slush and the mud or we can look at the possibility of the lotus so life is defined by what you believe it to be not what actually is if you believe that life is beautiful it can be wonderful then you will end up realizing the beauty and wonder of life but if one believes as some people do unfortunately that oh life is useless everybody is a thief everybody is a scoundrel then as we grow up we see only that part you know there is a uh, something known as kaleidoscope where you see different different angles you will see different things so life is like that it depends on what angle we see if we see it from one angle it will look very beautiful if you see from another angle it look very challenging but beautiful but if you see from another angle we look at it burden of troubles so we have to learn to develop the right kind of eye the right sight to look at life look at trees look at a flower and learn from them so much mother says when we look at a flower we can learn how to be beautiful smiling cheerful see flowers whether you appreciate them or not they bloom they give beauty they give radiance they give fragrance they don't ask who is the one who is going to receive it how much money will you give me to be you know uh, to just bloom and be good well that's how we should be like a flower just bloom it doesn't matter who will appreciate who will not appreciate what you will get what you will not get you will have the joy of fulfilling what you are here for so each of us is a unique flower all are flowers but each one is unique why should all flowers be the same imagine a world where there are all there is only one variety of flower won't it be a very boring world only one variety of flower one color one variety 
all red roses after some time you will get sick and tired so we have variety in this world and that's what makes this world so beautiful so we are each a particular variety of flower but one type of flower should not try to become like another flower because then it loses its own joy a rose is a rose a sunflower is a sunflower the grass is a grass and each of them has its place and beauty roses are admirable beautiful but without a flower can you imagine roses going growing in a place where there is no grass it will look very strange grasses are the backdrop against which these flowers will look good so when we look at life you will see that all of us have our own beautiful place and we must explore that so that's how we must end up discovering ourselves one our common parentage which is none else but the creator second within us what is the intent of the creator what are we meant to be what is the place we are meant to occupy it's not like everybody is doing this so let us do the same thing again if everybody did the same thing the world would be such a boring place so there is variety it's not necessary that everybody must do the same thing in fact it should not be like that so we have to explore what is the will of the creator within us what does he want us to do what does he want us to be and for that it's very important to take out some time sit quiet and reflect reflect on the meaning obviously we may not be able to immediately find the meaning ask the creator he is within us with us tell him i want to know what do i want to do be like a child just as we ask questions to the teacher we can ask him he will answer how will he answer he will not answer in a human language he may or may not you are you may be contemplating that i want to know what am i meant for he may make a human being come near and speak to you something and you may say oh yes this is what i was thinking about or suddenly you may you may have thought about it and thrown this question at the creator and when you go back you may open a book or suddenly you may see a phrase written somewhere and you will say oh yes this is the answer to my question have you experienced this sometimes so these are the ways that creator speaks to us and or it may not be even that you may feel that you have you know forgotten that question and suddenly you feel a kind of inner direction in your life you feel like this is what i should do you develop certain kind of interest in a certain direction you are led and that's how we will slowly discover ourselves so this is a long process of discovery so what should we be we should be what the creator wants us to be and for that we must throw back the question to the creator and he will answer he is the only person who will answer without fail and he will answer not in one way because he knows our limitations he will answer is in countless ways only we have to heed and we have to follow but if he insists that i want to sit in the train or the compartment where everybody is sitting and going then that's a different story why because then <laughs> in a compartment where there are thousands of people you won't be able to hear even if he comes and says so always it's wonderful to spend some time alone in quietude it's not about learning a method technique nothing god does not care about our techniques and methods he just he wants to be our friends actually you know we did a great mistake by shutting him in a you know a temple a mosque a gurudwara church poor fellow 
we have made him so far away from us and then we say that only by this particular mantra we can invoke him by this particular book we can find him this priest he is going to take us to god and you know what god feels he feels like running away from all these places probably he has run away from all these places but it's so boring no he, he created the world for companionship if you go back to the original you know the upanishad say why did god create this world so they say because he wanted to be many what is this many he wants to be friends like him he wants us to be like him just imagine it he wanted many he was alone he was uh, we can put it in a uh, way that you know he was getting very bored what is this i am all alone so he said okay i'll become many so he wants us to be friends but you will see that all kinds of relations we talk about with god but we don't talk about him as friend of course in india we have god as friend you see the example of arjuna and krishna many other examples so make god your friend and what happens when he becomes the friend you don't have that awe fear distance whom with whom do we have awe fear and distance who is somebody like you know who will threaten us punish us does god punish ask your heart do you really believe he can punish isn't it strange absurd why would he punish we have done a mistake we are you know great sinners so he'll punish us no if we have made mistakes he knows that we are learning so he helps us to grow and progress so he doesn't punish this word few words don't exist in god's dictionary they exist in our dictionary and we believe that because they exist in our dictionary they exist in god's dictionary also for instance is there anything impossible for god no he when we say that he is all capable but it exists in our dictionary we say no no this he can do this he cannot do this is something which is not possible for him so we create certain barriers drop these barriers connect with him everywhere where is he found he is found everywhere that's what all the teachings say we carry it within us so if we really look at it this should be our first preoccupation to establish within us a kind of contact with the divine or god doesn't matter what word we use and to know that this is our true identity once we know this identity our true identity then what are we meant for so what are we meant for no book no teacher nobody can tell us we have to feel inside am i meant to be a rose am i meant to be a sword am i meant to be a mountain am i meant to be a river be that that's the beauty of creation and that impulsion we'll discover inside when we observe our tendencies when we observe our deep interest what engages us most most the biggest problem is when we are driven with the idea that outer success success is not uh, you know how much money we earn or you know whether we have gone and competed in an exam and come first or second uh, do you remember all this nothing no about all the people around do you ask your teacher ma'am how many examinations you competed and succeeded in do you ask your mom and dad how many percentage marks you got you don't ask that for a mom the success is to be a wonderful mom 
isn't it? As a mom, that's what is a success. To be a teacher, the success is to be a wonderful teacher. It doesn't matter what marks and what background, all this at the end of the day doesn't matter. To be a doctor, success is to be a good healer. So this is how success is defined by that which we are meant to be, we become that in the most perfect way. So for that we must spend some time in contemplation, quietly, sit quietly. That time leave everything aside, nothing much, 10 minutes is enough. And just raise this question. I want to know what I am meant to do, what I am meant to be. And you will see that from within something will come out. Seek that core inside. What is my core? What moves me most? And then you will discover that this is what moves me most. Nobody else can answer that for you. You have to answer it for yourself. <laughs> but question has to be raised. This is the second part. And then that will give us a direction of where we are going. So ultimately this where we are going is another very important question. Where we are going meaning thereby not what we are today. Most of us are focused on what we are today or what we were yesterday. Focus on what we want to be. Just the entire concentration is, for instance, if there is an illness. So what is our concentration? Our concentration is, oh, what is this illness about? What is going to happen? What medicine should I take? Leave that aside. Focus on only one thing that I want to be healthy. That's all. With every thought, every feeling, every strand of will, see, I want to be healthy. And if such be the state, then you will see that the body will find ways and means to be healthy. Everything else will conspire toward that end, whatever time it takes. So this is how we need to read the book of life. It is there in everything. Then there are certain laws of life that we need to know. One of them is what we have heard about. You see, um, there is... Um, I mean, it's it's explained in a very different way. It is about the law of karma. What we do comes back to us. Now, what is this law? This law is not about reward and punishment. It means that whatever energies we release into the world, that tends to increase. Meaning thereby, whatever we pay attention to, that will increase. For instance, if we are cruel, then cruelty will increase within us. If we are kind, the power of kindness will increase within us. So when we are kind, the power of kindness increases and then everybody who is around us tend to become kind to us simply because we are releasing that energy into that person. Even if the person is not kind, by the very fact that we are kind, it will go and for a moment at least, momentarily, that kindness will begin to influence the person. So we have to decide Whatever we are releasing into the world is what eventually will increase within us. Whatever energy. Now with this background, we can enter into this main subject. What really is a human being? So we can look at human being as a kind of, um, you know, a vehicle. Let us look at it. That a vehicle has, um, let's say somebody who is using a car. So one, there is a vehicle, meaning thereby there is a car. And then there is the energy feeder and then there is the driver and then there is the person who is traveling in the car. So this is how we can understand ourselves in our totality. 
So what is the vehicle? Vehicle is the body. Whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go, it is in the car that we have to travel. That is the body. So if the body is not taken care of, if the body is not kept fit, then we may want to do many things, but we won't be able to do them. So it's so important to take care of the body, to give it, uh, you know, fitness, um, uh, you know, to uh, have time for exercise, right kind of food, sleep. All this is part of keeping your vehicle well. Otherwise, if the vehicle breaks down frequently, then we won't be able to undertake the journey of life. Then very often it is asked, you know, just before we started, ma'am was mentioning rightly about the vital. What is the vital? Vital is the energy that drives the vehicle. So we have usually most of our vehicles are still running in the old forms of energy. Let's for a moment see what are the kinds of energy that we have. One is we derive energy from food, isn't it? So again you will see, if you make a study, there are foods which give us a very light feeling. For instance, when we eat fruits, it gives us a very light feeling. It never falls heavy. And then if we eat a very strong spicy food, look at the effect of that. Or if we eat food which is very heavy, high-end food, then it tends to make us sleepy. So there are different kinds of foods which provide us even from the same food, different kinds of energy. Then there is an energy which comes from the breath. And then there is an energy which comes from feelings. Have you noticed that there are times when we have eaten well, everything is fine, but we don't have the energy and the enthusiasm. Experience this state. And if you ask, why are you dull like this? Then you will hear, oh, I am not feeling alright, I am feeling depressed. So what happens when one is depressed? The energy system goes on a shutdown. It's a very heavy kind of energy. But when you are happy in the heart, what happens? Even with less food, even with less everything, you can do a lot more work. So feelings are one form of energy. Then there is another kind of energy which comes from thought. So sometimes when we are busy engaged in solving a problem, mathematical problem or you know something very, very interesting or reading a story which is very interesting. Have you noticed that you forget that it's your time for food, that you are hungry? Why? Because we are getting energy from thought. So there are so many kinds of energies and the highest and purest form of energy which people have found is the spiritual energy that comes when we sit quietly and contemplate upon God. So these are all different kind of fuels. Now, just as there is a relation between the fuel and the car, so also there is a relation between the body and the type of energy that we draw in. There are bodies which we have got so used to a kind of very basic rudimentary energy, animal energy. Have you seen that energy comes from music, from the sights, what we see, it can make us aha feeling or it can make us feel very low. Similarly, the music which can give us a very, uh, you know, immediate <laughs> urge to dance and shake. Whereas there are music which make us very quiet. So all these, this is a whole world of energy. Even there are plants. There are plants which are known to give beautiful energy. And if you are very tired to sit below these plants helps. 
and similarly their plants if you sleep below them you tend to fall sick so it's a whole science of dealing there are human beings whose company will give you very good energy that's why it was so important to, uh, you know this used to be one of the things which was uh, described in um, ancient times is so true the word used to be satsang satsang is not just sitting together and you know chatting over some spiritual matters or a scripture satsang means the company of truths company of the wise company of good people so when we have a the energy that will flow into us will depend on the company we keep whether it be company through whatsapp chat box or company through mail or physical company so if we really want a good form of energy then we must be in the company of people who are really good who exude beautiful energy and if we are in the company of people who are full of all kinds of thoughts and feelings we think it's okay you know we are friends but then what happens is that we are invaded by energies which are not good for us they will all the time so that's why it's so important to remember that this feeder energy that's what the vital is the more refined it is the better the car will run the cruder it is the shorter will be the Uh, you know more difficult the upkeep of the car it'll break down very frequently so it's so important you see when there is any illness nowadays it is said social distancing when there is a virus when somebody is not well you tend to stay away isn't it imagine if you look into a person with thoughts and feelings which are of a very very horrible kind so you should be careful <laughs> because otherwise there'll be a tendency to get contaminated so but still we cannot always avoid it because this is the world you cannot always avoid mixing meeting so what should we do we should use a filter inside us so when you drink water you take air you use a filter isn't it so what is that filter through which you should let everything pass it is the name of god so when you take the name of god when you are meeting with people remember god in the background then automatically you will see that everything that enters will get filtered he will ensure that the beautiful things come because everything has something beautiful and whatever is harmful is kept away that's why when it is said remember god it means that we are basically creating a beautiful filter between us and the world so it's a very practical thing to do it doesn't matter what name what way you remember god it's your own personal connect don't go that you have to remember him in this very way that is too boring as i said for god also so you connect with him in your own way see in indian thought we have so many ways with which we take the name just of uh, someone like krishna so many kind of names even there are names which are you know scandalizing name makhanchor ranachor have you heard the name of god like that how can you call him makanchor but he responds to that so basically there are so many ways you can connect each name is a way of connecting to an attribute of the of the divine and when you connect through that as a friend then he becomes our filter he surrounds us and then between us and the world there is a beautiful filter a beautiful buffer 
So that is how we should go through life, this energy. And then whatever energy which comes will automatically get purified. So we have to understand, we have to first make a study. What are these different kinds of energy? See what happens when you hear heavy music, when you watch. There are people who watch horror movies and then this, uh, they'll reveal much later. As a psychiatrist, I see this very often. Uh, you know, they say that uncle, I got depressed, I'm having anxiety attacks, all these. So when you trace it back, so they come out with the horror tale of <laughs> enjoying a horror movie. They, you know, there is uh, this strange attraction sometimes. So obviously when you watch a horror movie, we think it's a film and we are enjoying it. But actually it's not just film or everything is an energy system. It is throwing a kind of energy. And after the film is over, those three hours or whatever, even half an hour, that energy remains. What is a horror f- movie throwing an energy of? Fear. Fear is also a form of energy. Love, very beautiful, powerful energy. So all these energies are going on, they are circulating in the world, but it is up to us what we choose. When we watch a horror movie, the energy of fear is entering us. And when energy of fear enters us, then it makes us prone to all kinds of illnesses. So this is how we refine the vital by studying the different kinds of energy and their effect upon us, then we choose. So there are more refined forms of energy to which we need to open. And most importantly, whatever we are, as we go through this world, we'll, we'll have no choice, many things we cannot avoid. And in that case, to take the name of God is the best way to filter out all these energies as they go inside us and they change their form. They change from their ugly to a most beautiful form. So this is the basic thing that we need to understand about the vital. But then vital and the physical is like the car and the energy. Where does it go? Now that has to be decided. That's where the driver is. Who is the driver? The driver should be our buddhi. Nobody else decides for us. It's an age when we love autonomy and freedom. And what is freedom? Freedom is to choose where you want to go. So very often we say that I am choosing, but basically still our choices are by all that is around us. So we need to make our choices. So how will the buddhi make a choice? The ability to discern, it will make a choice based on where I want to go. So if I am clear I want to go there, then I will take a direction which will lead me there. But if I don't know where I want to go, then how will the driver choose? So who decides where I have to go is something within us. That's the owner of the car. So you must decide where do I want to go. At the end of the day, what is my life going to be in one? Um, what, what will be the story about? The story of life. So tell yourself a story. Make a story of your life. Instead of reading all other stories also good. What story you want to tell about your life? And at the end of the day, what is it that will be your role in the story? And when you have made a story of life, then you will get some idea about where you want to take your life. And then slowly, as we grow, this buddhi will tell us, you have to go this way, you have to go that way, because that's your destination. So this is what completes our entire uh, what we call as ourselves, there is the body, which is the car, there is the energy, which is the fuel, which is running in, there is the 
driver which is the buddhi the mind which is rightly uh, you know when it's trained to choose and this is the traveler in the car and the traveler in the car is the soul but before we discover the soul it's not uh, simple though you know we may use very simple terms but at least every one of us should discover deep within what is zone which is a very quiet zone and in that quiet zone you will get something like a little light shining there something like a little peace and it that peace some kind of an indication about whatever life should be so this is how we should understand our totality and then go through life but most important thing which is we must remember and that comes right from the gita <clears throat> don't forget to take god with you you must say it's very strange god is everywhere how can i forget to take god with you with us well that's the whole problem the catch so let me tell you a little story a page from the diary of god so god is you know god writes in his diary i went to meet so and so in the morning and i was waiting when he will wake up and we'll greet each other but what happened when he woke up he woke up and he didn't even look at me he rushed to the mirror to see himself and then he went into the bathroom and shut me out so i waited outside when he came again i waited that maybe you know we can have a little chat now but he was too busy with his breakfast he was too busy busy dressing up and then i waited and then he rushed out and went into his car to the school or the office wherever and then again i went after him and i waited but he went inside in the office and shut me out and i waited that in the evening when the work is over then i'll meet him but he was too occupied with so many problems and he was so busy with with the television and with everything else that he f- even did not acknowledge my presence and then the same story repeated at night what does it mean god was all the time with us and yet if we do not acknowledge his presence it is like when we are sitting with somebody have you felt this experience that when you are sitting with someone who is your good friend and you are busy with whatsapp or you are busy with a television program what happens what does your friend feel does he feel you are with him or he feels you are not with him it feels you are not with him so this is how though the god is all the time with us we need to carry him meaning thereby we need to acknowledge time to time and that is why in the ancient indian tradition we had this way that before we eat before we sleep whatever you may be doing just remember him for a short while it is not necessary that you do it with a mantra closed eyes sit bolt straight all that doesn't want when you wake up in the morning just say hi god how are you doing how was your day busy ha huh? see like that be like a friend so how was the night managing this whole universe must be great isn't it be a little funny loves humor okay see you will feel joy you will feel his presence right there you will feel his smile when you treat him like a real living god ha huh? not like you sit in the morning bolt straight and then say oh lord of the universe 
thou my father who are there and here <laughs> don't say all this he finds it very boring besides huh? be a little creative and innovative he is so creative see no two leaves are the same so treat him like a real living presence be creative it's not like he will say no you say in sanskrit i will listen to you otherwise i won't are you saying gurumukhi or whatever language then only i'll acknowledge your presence no whatever language you know it's okay but treat him like a real living person somebody who is with you all the time and then when you go to the washroom what do you how do you take god with you you say you know what this shower i am cleaning myself please enter this water and clean me of all the you know my night was so heavy then you'll feel him flowing through with the water so in when we were children we used to have this sloka was taught to us i never did it myself but i understand you don't have to use the sloka but the essence yes that we used to do so when you pour water so what do you do you uh, people used to recite a sloka ganga jamuna kaveri we had a shortcut and the reason was it used to be cold well water no geyser so what do you do with a cold well water when you are taking at night <laughs> in the morning when you are taking a bath you have to get ready so with those you know lota you have to take a bath so you get ready and then you say har har gange har har gange uh, om namah shivaya om namah shivaya because you know you want to quickly finish the whole thing so so when you take a bath you say that let the ganges come here huh? people say that you need to have ganges to wash your whatever ganges will come she will come she will when you take a shower now it's so easy take a shower and just take it that it is god's love flowing his light which is flowing cleansing us then when you dress up just don't forget for a moment when you stand in the mirror say hey god how do i look is it okay <laughs> and when you eat before just before you are going to put the morsel in your mouth pause for a moment and just inwardly make a gesture acha why don't you taste it first just make him taste it first as if he is sitting next to you and actually you are making him taste and then eating see if we live life like that when you are going in the car you are going to the school take him along he'll be very happy he'll even take your basta your bag sit with you he loves fun by the way if he didn't love fun he won't have created this world okay <laughs> lot of fun in this world and then in the classroom you can take him some people get very tense you know this examination this question they have forgotten to carry him that's the whole problem tell him just be by my side huh quietly nobody will notice you just make sure if the examiner sees you he'll throw you out so he'll say don't worry i know how to remain incognito so every time you have a difficult question you just can't understand you are getting tense you, are, you know using your pencil and pen just stay quiet and say god please enter my hands flow through my pen see no i don't i can't remember i have a mind block why don't you clear all this and you see the magic life will become a magic it is a magic it is a marvel if we learn to live with this sense of god along with us 
and when you go to the playground tell him be my strength make me play the best cricket in the world and then ask him at the end how was it and you will see he will tell you he will show where you need to improve and everything and then at night when you are sleeping after all the naughty things so just tell him when you are reading tell him that be my intelligence i can't understand all these complicated things that human beings have created but you have created this complicated universe why did you create it with so many laws that we have to study he will tell you i didn't create laws <laughs> i didn't want you to study all these things so he asked then what did you want us to study i just want to be friends world is life is made for that to be happy just just be happy together you mean we don't need to know yes you need to know but not like this what you will need to know i'll tell you so when you make god your friend you will see that what you need to know you will tend to know in one way or the other it will come to you i'm not saying that close all the books and stop appearing for tests as of now we are not yet having a god centered schools <laughs> okay but that's all the book of life no that's how children learned in far back times when there were no schools so by all means go to school study tell him that be in my intelligence see what is the gayatri mantra about it's about asking god to give you intelligence in very simple terms do we need to do exactly that mantra you may if you like but you need not if you don't want it like that just say that be my intelligence you think he won't understand he will say no 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 go back pick up your gayatri mantra say it this way then only i'll become your intelligence do you imagine god will do that if you just go and tell him that i just be my intelligence be in my brain be in my nerves be in the fibers of my body be in my muscles be in my bones be in my breath be in my blood be in my heartbeat be in my circulation that is how though he is everywhere in everything we need to acknowledge him then life will become a marvel and a wonder as shurbindo says in savitri we'll stop with that then have question answers a prayer a master act a king idea can link man's strength to transcendent force what is a prayer prayer is something which rises spontaneously from the heart it is not a prayer book he has got bored and tired hearing all the prayer books which people are saying mechanically say from the heart every day you should have a new prayer your prayer if you tell him some other prayer he'll tell you what's your prayer that's why i was asking what's your question so he'll say what's your prayer so every day it may be different prayer one day it may be a prayer i had a bad night so prayer prayer should be spontaneous from the heart one day my prayer may be i had a bad night i want to feel energetic give me little more energy another day my prayer may be i am so grateful third day my prayer may be oh today is my exams be with me fourth day my prayer may be my dad is very annoyed please give some peace to his heart and mind 
Fifth day my prayer may be something else. One day I may pray for everybody. May in this world everyone be happy. Let it be a spontaneous prayer rising from the heart. So first way is prayer which connects us. A prayer, a master act. What is a master act? Whole day, look at your activities. And at the end of the, at night, just see was there one act which was done without any selfish desire, any selfish want. An act which was not done for yourself at all. An act which was done in a very unselfish way. Just one act. And for most of us, that itself is a master act. One day, one act done unselfishly. It could be just helping mom in the kitchen. It could be just, you know, taking care of a pet whom you saw. But not for oneself. Taking care of the plants. There are so many actions. We don't have to go outside, but not done for myself, but for somebody else, something else, unselfish act. So that becomes an act which opens the door, master act. Of course, master act can go right up to Buddha's renunciation, but let us talk about our everyday life. <clears throat> when you want something and somebody else also wants something, and there is only one thing, and you give it to that other person who needs that is an unselfish act, master act. You have a cloth, an extra piece of dress. All of us have extra dresses. Have you seen when you walk on the road, sometimes you see children, sometimes you see people who don't have enough. Do you feel the urge to give away your dress to somebody? Do you have the urge to come back and tell your parents that mom, next time on my birthday, instead of buying me a new dress, will you please spend that money to give it to people who really need it, that's a master act. Okay? It's a prayer, a master act. A king idea. What is a king idea? <coughs> the greatest idea that we can conceive of. For example, one day we may feel that what is at the core of everything and we may say it is love. It's an idea. Powerful idea. And that idea can connect us to God. A prayer, a master act, a king idea can link man's strength to transcendence force. Then miracle is made. A common rule. One mighty deed changes the course of things. A lonely thought becomes omnipotent. So, Take that and let it become inbuilt in the way of life. Last but not the least, the key to life, which we need to really learn, the key is concentration. Without concentration, whatever we may learn, whatever we may have, even to think of God whole day, you need concentration. And concentration, one of the simplest way to practice concentration is whatever you are doing, do it well. Concentration is not about sitting separately and trying to go within. One can do all that. But the simplest way of concentration is if you are playing, play well. If you are reading, read well. 
If you are cooking, cook well. If you are feeding a dog, feed the dog well. It should be such a concentration, whatever act we are doing. It should be with such concentration. If you are cleaning a place, clean it with all the concentration in the fingers, the hands, everything. It means to become one. Concentration literally means to become one. In Hindi, the word is ekagrita, ekatra karna. Whatever we may be doing, not with a divided consciousness. So when we learn to become one in whatever we may be doing, then spontaneously we develop the power of concentration. Then it's a question of applying it. We can apply it in the spiritual field. We can apply it in, you know, in the field of world. But this ability to put all of ourselves in whatever is the activity of the moment. It could be just writing a sentence, writing a little piece, even a conversation. Just try that next time when I speak, I'll stay concentrated on the person, listen to the person or a subject. See how our uh, mind runs from one topic to another. So this power of concentration in a most natural way we can develop. And if we develop it naturally, organically, we can apply it anywhere and in every situation of life. Okay? Thank you, children. Always so beautiful to speak to all of you. If you have any questions, I am available.